The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's the dude with the mustache? I mean, he got a little cool mustache. There he is. Jeremy, man, you don't have no questions? The stash rules the day here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Uh, Jeremy is now famous. The stash is here. He has his own drop. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to ever stop this, folks. The, the stash is here to stay, and I don't think we can ever kill it. Uh, welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Pride of Detroit.com. Pride of Detroit on Twitter. Let's get fired up. Let's get fired up. Woo, we're in the offseason. We're in the offseason, baby. I love it. I love it. I love all the speculation. I love all of the non-football we talk about, and I just hate myself every day. I hate myself every day because there's no football. There's no football anywhere. And I feel I I feel like as I get older, I get more and more manic about football going away. It used to be that's the offseason. It's fine. It's whatever. We deal with this every year. Now I'm just I'm starved. One weekend without football, Jeremy and I, Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T, is suddenly like. I, I'm not ready to jump into NBA. I'm not ready to do anything. It's Lions, 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 Lions. It's weird. Of all people on this panel, I thought you would be the most hooked into the FCF, fan-controlled football right here on Twitch. Absolutely not. No, it's bad. It's bad. I, <laughs> it's I, watched, bad. <laughs> I, watched, I watched five minutes of it, and there's like 90 seconds in between plays. I should never be reminded of the existence of Johnny Manziel and yet that was apparently the only thing people talked about from this. So I've had my entire weekend pick people bringing up Johnny Manziel playing football. That's not something I want to be reminded of, Jeremy. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Do you yeah. want me to pull? Do yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just play the Deuce Daily clip again if, if, that, if that'll <laughs> cleanse your palate. <laughs> uh, it's a long season. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Play it again. All right. Here we go. Play it again, Sam. What's the dude with the mustache? I mean, he got a little cool mustache. There he is. Jeremy, man, you don't have no questions? There you go. There you go. I like it. I Enjoy like it. it. Hey, you know, we got to play the hits here, which brings us to our third man, Ryan Matthews. Back is the rock guy. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. Ryan, we've got some complaints about your intro music, however, which I'll get to in a second. But complaints for what? Yeah, people, for why? people don't like Limp Biscuit. You're not supposed to like Limp Biscuit. <laughs> yeah, that, that is that is a salient point. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm doing well. I got my first vaccine shot today. Wonderful. Hey. Oh yeah. man. I wish I could get that and stop feeling like I'm caged. Yeah. It's uh, a rat in a cage. <laughs> that to me, that's, that's like one B to your bigger news, which is that you went ice skating again. I did. It was, it, it, it kind of resembled ice skating. So for those who don't know the story, Ryan was in a car crash and he has been like half dead for months. <laughs> so him going ice skating is phenomenal. We, we I. We're going to get to Lions soon, I promise. Thank real you. quick, Thank though, you. it's the real, off season. We can talk about some silly stuff at the top. Yeah, absolutely. I would <laughs> hope so. And I would hope when tank our ratings was Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We told people we we're at 399 reviews. Some said that we were already at 400, depending on where you lived. I don't know how that's all calculated because I am a big dum-dum. But we had a flood coming in. We had people. I, I know people were saying, hey, I'm over in Ireland or I'm over in the UK. I don't know if you guys will see my reviews or not. I don't know if we do or not. Apple's weird like that. But we asked for your ratings 
on Apple Podcasts, where we are the most reviewed Detroit Lions podcast. Not the best reviewed, mind you, but the most reviewed. And guess what? You guys came in and within the span of the week, we got 31 new reviews. Wow. <laughs> that is insane. Now, I mean, and most now, of them are five stars, unlike every other time we've tried to do this. We might have to add to our tagline that we're, we're the most reviewed Lions podcast by a long shot now. 430 reviews. Yeah, not even close, folks. You guys kill it. And by in honor of that, we are going to bring back the business of reading one of these reviews from Terry from Downriver, who I think uh, sums up our podcast perfectly. Comedy and errors covering the ultimate comedy of errors team. A dude who desperately just wants to be adequate teams up with one guy still using kid rock music in 2021 and another fellow sporting the worst, worst mustache you've ever you've seen since a windowless white van asked your childhood self if you fancied candy. Then again, I listen to every episode. So what does that say about me? <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Five Beautiful. stars. Beautiful. Just a glutton for punishment himself. I, <clears throat> I, I, I want to say that I really do appreciate all the reviews. With that being said, is that like the NFC like playoff banner that the Lions had for a while? We're not hanging yes. that. <laughs> I'm going to get a graphic that just says the most reviewed Lions <laughs> podcast and put it on our, our live Twitch page. And you, <laughs> you should put it. You've got a green screen now. So you put that in sure. the background hanging yeah. down low at, like at Ford Field. Yeah. yeah. Just have the have the rafters behind you. I was thinking I think, more just like a a, a paint a clip art, just like a, a basic clip art like <laughs> badge. I think I am going to get my own green screen soon, so I'll have to do mine from the rafters, and I'll put that in. I'll sneak there that into the Photoshop. Yeah. All, All right, right, gentlemen, let's get down to business, actual yeah. business here. As we sit here and worry about the draft, it is now fully the off season. Uh, we have had the Super Bowl parade. We have had Tom Brady nearly throw the Lombardi Trophy into the ocean. We have had the Lombardi Trophy's creator's daughter get mad at Tom Brady for almost throwing the Lombardi Trophy into the ocean. Tom Brady, by the way, is cool for the first time in his life. And now that's all faded. And guess what? It's time to talk about the draft, baby. It's time to talk about the draft. It's time to talk about free agency. It's time to talk about business acquisitions. It's your favorite form of Lions football. And we start out today with a question. And I think this question, Jeremy, Ryan, is central to what the Lions do moving forward. It's it's the one question they have to ask themselves before we can start analyzing anything else as fans or forming even opinions as fans. And that is, do you believe the Lions should, would, or can take a quarterback, a, a top-tier quarterback, at the t at, in the first round of the draft in this year of 2021? This is going to be a cop-out answer, but the answer is it depends. Oh, because I don't, I, don't, I don't think it should be off the board. I don't think it's necessary. <laughs> Getting Jared Goff, as, as I think we've mentioned um, in, in previous podcasts, getting Jared Goff in that trade gives them options where if their guy isn't there, if they, if, you know, one of their top four, five guys in this draft, if, if there isn't a consensus, like this is our guy in the front office, then they can just pass on it. That being said, I don't think you can also just say like, no, you got Jared Goff for two years. Don't do it. Because if you, if you have a shot at a franchise quarterback, you have a top 10 pick. If you have a shot at, what you believe to be maybe your franchise quarterback going forward for decades, uh, then you go and get him. Period. We're having the uh, the intermittent appearance by uh, Zazu with the squeaky toy. So Ryan, uh, take over from Jeremy here. What what do you think? Where how do you respond to that? Or what's your own baseline take? Yeah, I I think that what the Lions did this offseason is they effectively moved on from Stafford. And I think they did it in the right way. They, they got a quarterback that could bridge the gap, whether or not, you know, that, that was Jared Goff or that could have been Teddy Bridgewater. I think that that was the right move for this team to make because I, I'm going to say this. I think that the team is going to be more competitive next year than a lot of people I think are assuming it to be. And I'm not saying that they're going to be world beaters. I'm not saying that they're not going to even be knocking on um, 
you know, that they, they aren't going to be maybe even basement dwellers at the bottom of the NFC North with the Chicago Bears. But I'm just thinking that the Lions are going to be a little bit more competitive than some people are, are thinking that they'll be. I think a lot of people are thinking that they'll be full rebuild, you know, two and 15 or three and 14. That's how the numbers work now. Right. Um, I think that they'll be a little bit better than that. And um, maybe even if it, if it's not necessarily reflected in the wins, it'll be reflected in the point differential. So I, I think, I think the lions would be better to capitalize on there's, there's a lot of quarterback names in this draft, right? I mean, there's, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one, but then all of a sudden you have this like array of different palettes uh, to, to taste out, you know, it's, it's like Trey Lance, um, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask. Maybe all those guys aren't first round picks. I think three of them are at least when you when you talk about Trey Lance, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. I don't know how many quarterbacks are going to go in the top 10. I it, It'll be interesting to see where those quarterbacks get picked. And if there's, you know, if there's still maybe a couple of those quarterbacks left at seven, Maybe the Lions will finally be in the position that they wish they were in a, a season ago when they had they were kind of like locked into the number three pick and they had to take Jeff Okuda when when really they wanted, you know, hopefully a team to trade up for a Justin Herbert or trade up for a Tua Tonga Bailoa. You know, so, maybe that could happen at seven this year. So I think for me, um, reacting to what you're saying, just real quick before I get into my point, reacting to what you're saying, I think more teams will be starved at the top of the draft this year. Um, and I think we can actually thank the, the Lions and, and the Rams and Stafford for all of that, because I feel like they set a market with Stafford that has now made some of these teams like the, the Eagles are asking for an outrageous price for Carson Wentz right now. <laughs> like they're mm-hmm. they're there. I think. And, you know, even if the Texans want to move Deshaun Watson, they clearly think they'll be able to convince him to come back and Deshaun won't sit out a season or something. Uh, but clearly some teams I think have tapped out from the idea of paying in free agency or in a trade for a quarterback. And yet there are some teams who are right there who are like the Rams ready to spend, to do what is necessary. Like the Colts are missing every nothing, but the quarterback, the 49ers are right there. They need a quarterback. And I don't, I have, I've seen apparently the Colts don't want to give up the asking price for a lot of these free agent quarterbacks. And I haven't heard anything much from the 49ers about what they want to do. Could that happen during the draft? I don't know. But I also believe that for me, I don't think the Lions are going to take a quarterback. And I'm saying that not as my opinion, but as what I think I believe I know, because I think we got the clearest sign that the Lions are not going to take a quarterback because this year, because I saw that that Carolina trade, the Carolina trade we all heard about, that is my proof that the Lions will not take a quarterback this year. Because if they want to take a quarterback this year, you would have taken Carolina's deal. You would have had seven and eight. You would have been able to package all that together and move up. Like that is that's an obscene haul to uh, to put two back to back picks in the top 10 together to move up, probably maybe with something later on, too. I don't know. But you took the Rams deal. And the Rams deal guarantees you picks late in later years, which we've agreed means you have that flexibility. And quite honestly, as much as there are some interesting quarterback names, I think a lot of them will chill the longer we get into this draft season. Trevor Lawrence, who has a face that looks like a head from Easter Island, is the only good quarterback in this draft. I don't trust any of these other guys right now. I don't think any of them are transformational. You set your franchise around these guys. Some guys will take them because they're desperate, but I don't, I, I maybe Zach Wilson turns out to be that guy, but I don't put a lot of faith in Trey Lance. I don't put a lot of faith in Justin Fields. And I certainly don't put a lot of faith in any of these other names out there, except maybe as like second or third round guys that you just take a flyer on. I'm not suggesting that you're falling victim to this, Chris, because I, I think for the most part, I'm, in a very similar boat as you are. Like, I don't think that there's much to the quarterbacks or there, there's at least a precipitous drop off after Trevor Lawrence. But weren't we kind of doing this last year, too, with like, well, Joe Burrow's the number one guy. And then, well, I don't know, Justin Herbert, 
who really knows if you can trust him. Tua Tagovailoa has injury mm-hmm. concerns. You know, it, it's almost like every draft season there's there's one guy and then everybody else has question marks. And I I think that the I think that the quarterbacks in this draft are there. I totally wholeheartedly agree with with your interpretation of the the Rams trade versus the Panthers trade because specifically just looking at the draft board the team that has a lot of power right now I think are the Miami Dolphins at number three and Mm -hmm. you know who who knows what the Jets are going to be able to do because they're kind of stuck in this weird spot with like Sam Darnold and I mean they can take the next best quarterback available in the draft at number two but you know, defensive minded head coach are, are, are they, do they have enough pieces in place in order for them to, to, you know, put the quarterback in place and, and start that, you know, rookie contract. So, you know, if, if they were, if the lions really wanted a quarterback, it would have been really easy for them to get seven and eight. And I know this would be totally overpaying, but taking seven and eight and packaging up to move up to like three, for example, with the dolphins who would take that deal in a heartbeat. And, you know, the dolphins probably throw in some other, you know, draft compensation on the back end, but I, uh, I'm, I'm totally locking stuff with you, Chris, and in your interpretation of those two trades. I want to let Jeremy in here, but I real quick before he does, I, I will say you are right about last year. However, I was probably higher on Herbert than other people. And I was down on Tua and I don't know much on Tua's future, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we do this weird thing every year, right? It's like we're strong on a lot of guys. Then we cool. Then draft time comes around and everyone loses their head and drafts guys anyways. And some, you know, some are fine. Some are not. It just how the season goes, I guess. Maybe I am falling victim to it. Jeremy, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I want to say is that you keep saying we might cool on these guys, but what event is going to make us cool on these guys? There's nothing. There's no combine mm-hmm. that'd be like, oh, well, his numbers yeah. aren't what they thought they were. We're just going to have pro days and we all know what pro day numbers are. They're garbage. Yep. They're, they're, yep. they're worthless. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, you're starting to see some of the first, you know, big mock drafts come out there and you're seeing quarterbacks roll off the board right off the bat because you got the Jaguars, you got the Jets, you got the Dolphins, you've got the Falcons. I mean, all these teams Eagles are there in the top 10. Like all these teams are quarterback needy. Every single one of them, except maybe the Dolphins. And like you said, what? who knows what's going on with two over there. And, and so a lot of them have, you know, potentially four quarterbacks going in four picks, three quarterbacks going in four picks. And so, it, I mean, I think the Lions are probably in a good spot, maybe not to trade down, but just to kind of have a talented guy fall to him at seven. Um, but, I, but I do want to kind of go back to the option of them potentially drafting a guy because I don't want to count it out completely. Like I know Jared Goff is almost certainly locked in to being the starter in, in, in 2020. In fact, Anthony Lynn said, basically if, if this team drafts a rookie quarterback, he'd love to be able to sit him for a year. He, yeah. He said which that. is the smart that's, that's beyond, yeah. I I've, I've been on record saying this constantly. Like that was the Patrick Mahomes value proposition. You do that. Sure. It's smart. Yeah. Uh, so many qu- rookie quarterbacks get thrown in. Yeah. Far, so many like, rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, you throw a rookie quarterback into the fire to save your own job. And usually that's what happens because you're coming off a bad season where you had a high round draft pick. Jeremy, you're absolutely right. You should always Anthony Lynn's right. If you get the chance to rest a rookie quarterback to make him hold a clipboard, have him take a red shirt season, do it. And and, I mean, you look at some of the quarterbacks, too, like a lot of these guys are. Uh, they have like one good season in college or they, they don't have a lot of tape out there. Trey Lance is a perfect guy where it's like, mm-hmm. if you want to sit him for one, maybe even two seasons, that would be kind that would kind of make sense. Right? Like it, it, it might view, you might view it as a, as a waste of a pick, but this is a long-term project. And so Trey Lance, I think is probably more of a long-term project as well. I would even argue that you could say the same for Zach Wilson. I mean, he only had one really good season at BYU. The one before that was was nothing. He wasn't on the radar. And we talk about like how there's no one on the radar for the 2022 uh, draft. He was that guy that like no one was talking about the year before. And suddenly he has a fantastic year. And look, I started jumping in to the, the Zach Wilson tape and it's phenomenal. It's like he was very, very fun this year. And I mean, if if somehow the line, I mean, I don't think he's falling to seven, but we can talk a little bit. We're going to talk about next segment, the the possibility of trading up. And the idea of trading up for someone like Zach Wilson is kind of intriguing. I know it's not something that it well, it's something that's really in my repertoire. I don't really like the idea of trading up, especially when you're completely rebuilding. But I think quarterback is a special case where if you get a guy that you're you're very confident of and, and, and Anthony Lynn likes a guy and and 
Mark Brunel likes the guy. You have a coaching staff that's fully behind this guy, and you know he's going to be the dude. Well, then maybe maybe that's a good way to start off the the new regime here. Yeah, and you know, while I look at the top of that draft order, Jeremy, that you mentioned, you know, you have the you have Jaguars who are going to take Trevor Lawrence. You have the Jets who, yeah, they might be quarterback needy. I think some. I of think these they other take teams, Zach Wilson. I, I and that and that might be so. I think that there are some teams that you know, while they might appear on the surface to be quarterback needy, they might just be willing to kind of roll with things. Like the Falcons might be just cool with riding out Matt Ryan for another season, or the Eagles have Jalen Hurts. I mean, let's just go with Jalen Hurts. Uh, there, there's so many rumors about like the Dolphins, like being at three, it's like, well, you can take another quarterback and move on from Tua. It's like, I don't, how, how much do you plummet Tua's value if you draft another quarterback? I think like that would, that would really take a shot at his, let alone the fact that he was benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick and, you know, you know, game time sure. decisions, you know, that's but, literally, that's literally the same problem the Eagles are having right now, trying to trade Carson Wentz. Like, Hey man, you benched him at the end of the year. You killed his value. Same story with Tua. But yeah, I, I think, so. I think to me, the, the thing that's different about last year is that who are the big major talents outside of quarterback that like must have yeah. like, Last year we had Chase Young and obviously the Lions went Jeff Okuda, like big defensive talents. There's really not those guys to to compete. There's, you know, Sewell, you know, there's a couple offensive tackles, which I mean, there are a lot of offensive tackle needy teams. So I can see a couple of those guys going. But I, I just think in terms of value, in terms of, you know, there's not a big defensive end. There's not a big cornerback prospect that, that'll probably go top 10. It, it's just like wide receivers and offensive tackles that that really compete with these quarterbacks. and. I'd rather a quarterback. If, if, if there's even a question, I mean, like the Falcons, they have a new general manager, new coaching staff. I, I have to think they want to go quarterback, no? Yeah, I think for me, at, at least the, the one reason I would say also not to take a quarterback is there's a lot. Of, we're going to talk about this next segment. There's a lot of positions of need for the, for the Lions right now. Right. Almost every position on defense, and you probably need wide receivers. Maybe you might want to open yourself up to an, uh, an offensive lineman as well. Maybe if you want to try to really flesh out what's there, or maybe you're worried at some point you're going to lose Taylor Decker. But I think it, it there, there's enough there. The Lions, they're not locked into a quarterback. But I do agree with you that the bench is pretty light outside of wide receiver at the top of this draft. The one last note I will say is we've been talking a lot about guys who've only played like a little bit of time at quarterback. I hate to say it too, but I feel like that trend, at least in college, that's going to continue. Sure. We've seen for the last few years, there are very few guys who start more than one, maybe two seasons now before coming into the NFL, like Daniel Jones or even Joe Burrow, who had to go through a bunch of, you know, transfer portal stuff it, that the transfer portal probably plays a, a part in it. A lot of a lot more quarterbacks transfer or they're sitting and riding the pine for a while. Coaches just aren't started letting quarterbacks get starts until they become upperclassmen. And then by then you get one good season together, junior, and you've got your agent telling you, look, man, like you shouldn't waste your body in college, like go and take that draft right away. It's going to be harder and harder to scout quarterbacks. And I think that's a lot of the reason this year for a lot of the uncertainty for everyone except Trevor Lawrence, because as you say, Zach Wilson, I don't remember him playing that much before this year. Trey Lance played one game for North Dakota State in 2020, one game. And this entire season's already fakakta because of how COVID affected the college football schedules and everything. Few of these guys played None of these guys, I think, played 12 games for the year. It's it, it makes it it makes it rough. And as you say, Jeremy, no combine, just pro days. It's it's a for a position like that, which requires so much analysis. It, it's a huge risk this year, I feel. No yeah. question. Yeah, I, I think I think the thing about the Lions moving forward and just to kind of, you know, circle this back to where we started, Chris, you mentioned how the trade that the Lions made with the Rams offered them flexibility moving forward. Who knows if the Lions are even ever going to use those draft picks that they got from the Rams on actual draft selections. That might mm -hmm. be that might be ammo for, you know, a trade up maybe next year or maybe even a trade up the following year because I I there there's just too many things that connect Goff to Detroit to think that he's just some kind of quick band-aid. I think that the Lions really like him. I think that Brad Holmes really likes him. I think that 
he can, I think that he can be enough for what Dan Campbell wants out of a quarterback and maybe Anthony Lynn wants out of a quarterback in terms of putting together an offense. You know, the, the cool thing, and Jeremy alluded to this, the cool thing about sitting at seven with, you know, potentially some teams who want to move like, move up and get those quarterbacks. And if you have maybe like four quarterbacks go in the top, you know, in the top six, well, now all of a sudden, like maybe Jamar Chase is there and he's the number one wide receiver in the draft. And I mean, yeah. he's arguably, he, he could have arguably been the number one wide receiver in last year's draft. I mean, that's how good he is. So for a team that's wide receiver needy, you know, if the, if there was a position, I mean, I guess I guess this is a, a topic of discussion for another time. But if there's a position of need that the Lions need outside of like defense, like that being the position, I, I think that you could make a really strong case that I would be I would be totally OK with the wide receiver in round one because the Lions just have a complete dearth of talent there, literally bodies. Well, that's that's a great point. Let's put a pin in that. And you say it's a t- subject for another day. Let's say it's a subject for another segment, because when we come back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, we're going to jump into more options for the f- rest of the first round. And now that we've all given our opinions on what the Lions should do as far as quarterbacks, it comes to the it comes to our annual game trade up or trade down. And I think I know which way Jeremy's going because it's the way only way he seems to know. Uh, he seems he seems skeptical. He, he might Maybe, maybe. Have we converted Jeremy? Has he drunk the Kool-Aid finally? Come back and find out next on the podcast. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Almost wanted to have Jeremy bring us back in since he br- took us to break there. But, you know, and we're back and we're back uh, with the oldies. Ninety three point nine. Taking your calls. WOMC. Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's going to get weird. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can't wait till we get to the list casts. So we've we spent the last 20 minutes discussing if the lions should should what they should do about quarterback in the draft. And we have some, we have some mixed results. I think I'm firmly in the camp of, yeah, there's probably better options. And I think they've shown our hand that we don't, you guys are more open to the possibility of them taking it. But, but I think we all agree, like outside of quarterback, the rest of this draft is kind of a little open as far as what you can get. Yeah. I mean, no question. I mean, we, we, we kind of teased it at the top, like, it's why I think quarterbacks are going to go highly in this draft is because there isn't a lot of consensus. There's not really a, a pure defensive talent that, I mean, Micah Parsons is probably the, the closest you can get in this draft to a guy that everyone's like, yeah, he's probably the best physical talent there, but he also comes with a bunch of other question marks. And, you know, one of them is, is off field stuff. Another one is just how much is an off ball linebacker worth to you? Is he worth a top 10 pick? Um, we've seen the Lions go through a couple highly drafted linebackers. Linebacker is certainly a need, and, and Micah Parsons would certainly be the best linebacker on the team immediately. And I'm probably also including uh, Collins in that, Jamie Collins in that. Um, but but there are other issues there. So yeah, I, I mean, if if the Lions stand pat at seven, I think most of the quarterbacks are off the board, and it suddenly isn't a conversation about that. And then it's just, do you want to get a wide receiver? Do you want to get a top? Um, Defensive talent, or, or, or I mean, you could also argue maybe, maybe we'll go offensive tackle because the the depth there isn't very good. And I don't know what Halapuli Vati Vaitai's future is with this team. I don't know if it's at guard. I don't know if it's at tackle. Kind of have to wait to see what the this coaching staff has. But yeah, it it everything opens up after the quarterbacks, and and I I don't know what the lines will do because they have so many needs. Yeah, and I mean Sewell might be a top. Uh, you know, you talk an offensive line, Sewell out of Oregon might be one of those guys who goes pretty highly. He might be pretty well sought after. And I think I've said it before, you build the offensive line and you can do whatever you want with your offense. People are kind of chiding the line saying they want to run the ball. Guess what? You have a great offensive line. You can run the ball whenever you want. So, Ryan, I guess that brings up to the question. Uh, well, actually, before I get to that, what, what what are your thoughts as far as just positions that you would want to see the Lions take outside of quarterback? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I alluded to it at, uh, you know, the top of the podcast at the end of the first segment talking about wide receiver. I think that that is absolutely a need for Detroit. When, when you look at their, you know, wide receiver depth chart right now, it's Geronimo Allison and Quintez Cephas and not a whole lot else to speak about. I mean, there's the possibility that Lions bring back Kenny Galladay rumors about a franchise tag. I, I mean, unsubstantiated rumors at that. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm just thinking at this point, I think Kenny Galladay just doesn't fit into the Lions timeline. So you look at the draft and you look at some of the top prospects that are available. Jalen Waddell from Alabama, Jamar Chase from, from LSU. A couple of, I mean, just top tier wide receivers. I want nothing to do with Devonta Smith. I'm totally, I'm I'm right there with Math Bomb and Kentley Platt. Like, I, I don't see a way in which... He has to be a unicorn among unicorns in order for him to succeed in the Listen, NFL. He's already a unicorn. At the college level, he is. I mean, and let, and I mean, if it's not being nitpicky, but like, I mean, he did leave the national championship game with an injury. The finger injury like that, that has nothing to do with his size. I mean, it's an injury. Nonetheless, the <laughs> oh, best availability, geez. the best oh. ability is availability. All I'm saying is that. At seven, the Lions are going to have the lot of wide receiver offensive weapons to choose from. Hey, guess what? You know who I'd even put on the board too? Who's that? Kyle Pitts from Florida, tight end. Tight mm. end. How dare you? I hate that. Why I do you hate it. it? Why? I hate position of value. Yeah, I have too many other needs. No, 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 but he he is not like a tight end like T.J. Hawkinson. I know. Mm-hmm. I don't think this I, from what I've seen from what I know about Anthony Lynn. So, I don't think we're going to go two wide, two tight end sets. That's all. So, oh, the Lions are 100 percent going to use a lot of 12 personnel. Dan, Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell. Dan that, I, that is true, actually. Yeah, Dan Campbell <laughs> yeah. might just get really aggro with that. But if you're if you're OK with the Lions taking a wide receiver, but not Kyle Pitts, I I call I call Fufu on you. <laughs> I mean, I, I get that Kyle Pitts can be essentially a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But he's not. <laughs> he's a tight end. And he'll, he'll still play tight end at this level, I think. Okay. Well, I feel I like mean, we're just kind let's, of... Oh, let's, see the, let's see the numbers he runs at his pro day and tell me that he's not you know, capable of doing what wide receivers do. Fugazi pro day numbers? I mean, you could look at the tape, too. All I'm saying is, like, would, would we take outside a running back, like wide receiver or offensive skill position, whether or not it's quarterback, which is technically one, wide receiver or tight end, like... We're just we're, you. You guys are at quarterback and wide receiver. That's all you'd yep. be okay with at seven. I, so I might consider offensive tackle. Yeah, offensive tackle is, is on my board as well. But yeah, no, skill no, positions. Do you, yeah. Do you say that just because of the uncertainty with Vitai and maybe yep. this regime looking at him as potentially more of a guard than a tackle? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember. If, I think it was Anthony Lynn who said something like, "I like our depth inside, but we might need." I, I think he said something to the fact of. You know, we we could maybe use some some depth on the outside. So I think this takes me into I mean, my opinion is that I just want to see defense because I've been pounding this table for seemingly forever. And like I'm all about offensive line at this point, too. And but I think that kind of dovetails to the next topic is that I just I've taken Jeremy's place this year. I don't think the Lions, unless they are 100 percent sold on a man like a Micah Parsons. sits at seven. You've already acquired a ton of draft capital. There's enough hungry teams at the top of this draft. You can absolutely trade down and still get your man if you want to go like a quitty pay from, you know, Michigan for the defensive line. I I think I said his name right, Jeremy. You're asking the wrong person. (laughs) You're a Michigan man. What are you talking about? I'm asking the wrong person. I did not watch any of Michigan football last year. I was going to say, Jeremy stopped being a Michigan fan after the msu game this year <laughs> but i mean the 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 second half of this draft is rich with offensive line if you want to go that way rashawn slater out of northwestern alicia vera tucker out of usc i mean even some of these wide receivers you might get around like 15 or 16 or 17 like a waddle depending on whose mock draft you look at right now so and defensive linemen like Jalen Phillips out of Miami, you, I, I think, I think there's plenty of value to move out of. You lose some control over who you draft with, but I think this year in particular, you can find plenty of draft par- partners to move down. Not, well, okay. not far, mind you, but just enough. 
Well, let's let's bring up the the one example we have, and, and that was from Dean Brugler's uh, draft mock draft that was dropped earlier last week, uh, where he had the lines trading from seven all the way down to nineteen, mm. with a a a quarterback hungry Washington football team who traded up to seven and got Trey Lance, and the Lions got this in return. So they obviously moved down to seven to nineteen, I should say. Mm. They pick up a third round pick this year and another first round pick next year. So that sets them up to have three first round picks next year. Jesus Christ. And and then they <laughs> and then at 19 they pick uh and this is I, I set myself up in in the bat. This is a Notre Dame linebacker edge guy, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, I'm going to say. And I think I nailed that. But yeah, let's talk about the value of that. Like you're you're going to miss out on those pr- top wide receivers. You're going to miss out on those top offensive linemen. You're going to miss out on Kyle Pitts. Um but but you pick up an extra first round, you pick up an extra third round this year. Ryan, are are you are you pulling the trigger on that trade right away? Yeah, I mean it doesn't even matter who's available at seven. Like I don't care if Zach Wilson's at seven. Like I think you do that trade. I think okay. that the Lions are in this they're in this position where Jared Goff is their guy, and the more assets that they can accumulate. If you have three first round draft picks next year, guess what? You can pick whatever quarterback you want at number That's one. A- yeah, that's a super weapon. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. sorry. That's that's like a super weapon. And unless there is like a can't miss guy at the for the team who has tanked at the top of the draft. And by all means, that might be the Lions. That yeah. might be the and, Lions at the top of the draft. Well, and, and, the, and the way you look at that is, OK, the Lions have three first round picks going into next year. That's a godfather offer that trumps literally anything that anybody else can put together realistically. And look at the immediate impact you get as well. You, you only move down 12 spots. And I mean, if, if they can get a guy like, and I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. I'm so sorry, but the, the linebacker from Notre Dame, who's, who's much more suited to play a modern NFL game. Don't, I, I, I don't want him at seven like that. That's far too high. I think that he he's, he's a weak side linebacker. And I think just like, there isn't that much value that high. Like that's almost kind of like, you know, the, the argument that you just made, Jeremy, about like positional value of taking a tight end like Kyle Pitts at seven. I think an off ball linebacker at seven is kind of in that same vein. But if you move all the way down to 19 and he's available, awesome. And I think the unspoken thing is another third round pick. That's a, another potential starter down the road. And for a guy like Brad Holmes and his track record and in, in using those those mid, you know, mid draft picks and, and hitting on players like John Johnson, I mean, and that would give lines three this year. They they yeah. already got an extra one from the Rams. So, I mean, I'm to me, I'm I'm definitely taking that trade because, uh, I, you know, I tease it at the end of the the first segment. But no, I'm I'm team trade down. Like there 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 is a scenario, and I mentioned at the top, like if you, I think the only reason the lines ever trade up in this draft is because they are sold on a quarterback. And and one quote from uh, from Dan Campbell to me tells me they probably aren't going to do that because he basically said like. Everyone, like 100% of our staff needs to be on board. If if it's a 50-50 split in the draft room, we're not doing it because we need we need kind of a baseline before we get the quarterback in here. So I don't think they're trading up. If they're trading down, like I know we're talking about having three first-round picks next year and be like, okay, go get your quarterback. To me, I'm like, three first-round picks? Hell yeah, give me three first-round talents on this team. That's what this team really <laughs> yeah. needs. Like, I don't no, even absolutely. care about trading up and get like, I'll ride golf for his whole contract. If we have three first rounders next year. Hell yeah. I, but I also think that the Lions, even if they are better than we anticipate, I still think they're going to be a top 10 draft pick next year. I think I think maybe I, I don't know. Like, I just I, I look at this team. There's a lot of holes to fill besides the offensive line. I think there will be a talent of excitement. But we said that about the Panthers this year. And guess what? The Panthers still ended up with a top 10 pick. And everyone thought the Panthers were better than they thought they were going to be, at least for half the season. So I yeah. But I mean, God, that's that's three first round picks. Are you kidding me? Like that? That's also crazy that you're giving up a first round pick for next year to go up like 10 spots. I I'm, I'm just not used to that market, but if that's the price, then hell yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, if, if you looked at the Jimmy Johnson trade chart and you know, there's the whole thing that a first this year's worth a, a, a second next year, next year's next year's first is worth a second pick, second round pick this year. So next year's first plus two plus one. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It, it's weird, but it, it's how people, you know, decide to trade it. If you were to count that as a first round pick, this year, you know, the Lions trading down and then getting an extra first round pick, then yeah, it's it's hugely in the Lions' favor. But uh 
I mean, for the thing is, the Lions just like they they don't. There's no urgency right now, and so to be loading up on draft picks is a great strategy. Uh, and there's so many, yeah, and there's so many positions that do need to be filled. This team needs to get younger. It needs to get a lot of guys who are under salary, who are under just rookie control, and it needs to rebuild almost an entire defense within the next few years. There, there's some guys this year who I think are going to play out their contract, but next year there will be more needs on defense again, probably. And who knows what's what the future is going to hold for a guy like Ragnar Decker. I think, I think... The, the way I've always heard it is like once you have offensive linemen, because someone was asking me, why aren't offensive linemen more on the free agency market? It's because the best ones, you hold on to them no matter what. And I think the Lions should be holding on to Decker and Ragnow. But as you say, as, as, as I've been saying, like you want to get some more offensive linemen, by all means, go ahead and do it. Yeah. So can't argue, can't argue through building through the trenches. It, it works just about everywhere that you've seen it. Although the Lions have certainly tried to build through the trenches for years and just Got a lot of guys that, that, that don't cut the muscle. One trench. One trench. One, right? one, one side trench. of the trench. Yes. Fair. Fair. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of running out of steam here. I, I did want to talk about Stafford's comments a little bit. I know he did some interviews. So why don't we take a quick break here? We'll put a bow in all of this. We'll come back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, wrap stuff up, step away from the draft for a few minutes, and just talk about some more stuff in the news here. Yeah, Jeremy's doing a fist pump. So I'll let him take us to break again. Well, we're all through with draft talk until April. So stick around for the POD cast. When we come back, Matthew Stafford speaks. And what did the coordinator say that will make you go? <gasps> Not as uh, energetic that time. I'm giving that one a five, uh, like a six out of ten. That was more like a YouTube like teaser. Top ten, top ten Minecraft Twitch streamers who swore on stream. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. I'm not letting Jeremy take the wheel after that one. And uh, we're going to bring this home. Uh, Let's step away from the draft a little bit because we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the draft although i think next the next couple of weeks we are going to start to uh talk more about free agency i think jeremy because that's going to be obviously coming first but yeah we do need to get position to position in the draft i think that's something we want to do this year with the podcast we'll get there we'll get there, we'll get, we'll get there. we've got some i think we're, we're i'm working like hell we're going to have some interesting guests coming up here for the pride of detroit pod cast uh for the next few weeks as well uh, a couple of names, some you recognize, some who might be brand new, but uh, definitely, definitely entertaining ourselves in the off season. And if you're not subscribed yet, you absolutely should be on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get podcasts. But now we take a step back from that. And I know we've talked a lot about Stafford on this podcast for good reason. Although I think some fans are, will at some point in the near future, get to the point where it's like, Oh wow. I'm kind of tired of hearing about Stafford. He's not a lion anymore. Let's move on and talk about this team, which I don't like, but I mean, I get it. 
but Stafford did have his big interview uh, last few last week or so where he did talk about the team. He talked about kind of the introspective about his time in Detroit, his farewell to Detroit and dished out quite a bit of interesting tidbits. Jeremy, what what set out to you the most? Yeah, I mean, some of it was surprising of a some of it wasn't too surprising, you know, him kind of saying all the right things as he typically does, because I mean, that's that's one of the the most professional things about him is that he just absolutely knows how to play the media 100 percent. And so, you know, he had the, the two people that he talked to are one guy from from Channel 7, I think, um, who he happens to be like really good friends with. And then Mitch Alton, who he also happens to be really good friends with and is part of like a uh uh, the, the say play Detroit, um, center, um, they both kind of pitched in and, um, funded. And so, um, one of the farewell gifts, uh, and that stat, the Staffords are leaving to Detroit is they're adding a, an educational center to that say play Detroit. So I thought that was pretty cool, pretty classy of them. Um, but in terms of things that he said, I guess, I guess it was the stuff that he said with Mitch Elm about the coaches that, that he had through throughout his time in Detroit. Like, he said, you know, he, he'll always be grateful for Jim Schwartz for for giving him a shot and, and, you know, kind of banging the drum for him here in Detroit. And then he said Jim Caldwell certainly would have liked to play with him for a couple more years, um, which I thought I thought that's like the most honest answer you'll ever get out of Matthew Stafford. And he said, like, listen, I get why they, they fired Caldwell. They, they were trying to take another step that this franchise hasn't taken, but he would have liked to play uh, another couple years with him and i think a lot of us in retrospect might agree with him and then obviously the 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 patriots questions came in so he was asked about his relationship with matt patricia and he said it's a good relationship um it it grew throughout the years which might be kind of a hint that maybe it wasn't so great at the beginning which um i think most reports would say uh was true in at least that first year and then he was asked about the the rumor about the patriots and him not wanting to be traded there and in typical Matthew Stafford fashion, he completely punted on that question, said, you know, what is true is that I wanted to go to a competitor and he kind of left it at that. So, no, I think that's I think that's not even punting. That's I, that spot the lie. The Patriots are not competing next year. Sorry, I don't think they are. We're all kind of looking at Bill Belichick's we'll the same magic. I don't think they are. The um the reporter, by the way, was from Channel Four. His name's Hank Winchester. He's a uh, very close friend of the Staffords, and it seems like for all the Stafford rumors that kept on emerging, it seemed like they may have been coming. I remember the Smilovitz rumors last off season. Mm-hmm. Channel Four again. Yep. I mean, yep. I don't know. Uh, who, and who knows? I mean, that that that's that's another interesting thing that I don't think we ever really talked about is you know the rumors prior to that. Stafford was like explicitly linked to the Los Angeles Chargers at that point, another L.A. team. So, I mean, like, who knows how much veracity there was to, uh, you know, to earlier trade reports with with, you know, maybe the Lions shopping Matthew Stafford to to see what they could get for him. But I would I, I mean, I totally understand why Patricia and Quinn didn't want to give up on Stafford because giving up on, you know, giving up on him was essentially signing their, uh, you know, their quitting notices. Right. So. And and I think one, one thing, another kind of takeaway from the, the Stafford interviews was that he said they were thinking about it last year. It had certain, it had popped up in their head. So maybe that's the source of where those rumors came up is that maybe his, his leak in channel four caught wind of him talking about it. And it's like, Oh, this is news. Let me talk about it. Um, but, but it did seem like, that was only because Stafford saw the writing on the wall with the coaching staff, right? Like he, he knew going into 2020, it was a make or break season and he knew probably had a pretty good idea. It might break. And so he was yeah. just like, well, if it breaks, I don't want to sit through this. I don't think the lines should want me to sit through because it would leave them in purgatory, It'd leave them in, you know, this seven to, to nine win territory where they're not getting any real accomplishments on the field, but they're not getting the top 10 picks that they would be, um, through a through a full rebuild. So um overall, I mean, I thought Stafford was was classy as he typically is. It didn't say anything wrong, didn't say anything too revealing, but um I think I think I'm kinda gonna miss that about it. Hopefully, and I don't think Goff is gonna come in and like tear shit up and be like, oh, I don't know what this offensive line is. Like that's not that's not golf. No, <laughs> but uh, I, I think I think if you needle golf enough, he might spill some tea on like 
Sean McVay, maybe, or how it fell apart in L.A., but I don't even see that out of Goff, to be honest. Um, all these quarterbacks are very well trained not to say anything to upset the apple cart unless you just kind of completely lose it like a Russell Wilson or something. And I use that I use that very subjectively. But I mean, by QB standards, Russell Wilson is says one thing and suddenly he's being strung up. So these guys know better than to talk. <laughs> um, yeah, I I'm going to miss him. I don't know. There's some talk about his number. I, I know John Whitaker did the open thread on Monday asking, hey, should Stafford's number be retired by the Lions? I don't think so. But I mean, he's going to get on that on that uh, uh, ring of fame. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just like we, we were talking off off stream about it. And I, I feel like to have your number retired, there has to be like an iconic moment that whether mm-hmm. it's you know, winning the division, going to the Super Bowl. There it has to be some sort of big team accomplishment because I think we can all agree. We we all really like Stafford and think he's a very, very talented quarterback, but his legacy in Detroit will always be mixed because he there wasn't that team success. He's gonna be 0 and 3 in the playoffs. That's what that's what it's gonna be. I know people I, I know we've railed about quarterback wins and everything, but those narratives do matter. Those narratives do matter, especially where your legacy is concerned. Plus, mm-hmm. I mean I I'm just retiring numbers that one, I don't really like it too much and it doesn't make as much sense in, in the NFL either, because I mean, at, at, at one point in the off season, you have 90 players on your roster. Yeah. You and retire I, more than 10, you're screwed. And I know I talked with Manser about this back when he was still with pride Detroit, that it is kind of cool how, if you are, you know, a young guy and you get to wear the number in an organization of a legendary player like you get handed, say, Calvin Johnson's number 81. That's cool. That's kind of saying like you are you are expected to take up the mantle to be that next great wide receiver. So, I mean, one day down the road, if someone wants to try to take up number nine, that would be fantastic. I feel like I, retiring numbers doesn't do it for me. Retire 91 for the Red Wings and then we'll have a conversation about how proper numbers get retired but i i don't know like i i think it's way cooler to do just like a ring of honor like do it how Mm -hmm. the lions have it where like you know what somebody else could pick up that number two and like you said chris it's kind of like this like honor thing i know michigan did that a little bit with what tom herman's number when uh number 98 when devin gardner was wearing it and he was a quarterback like i don't know It, it was like a cool novelty it's like you never see that and it's like a you know, it's a form of, you know, honor and, um, you know, responsibility and, and respecting getting shared with the player. So I think that that's I think that's just how you should handle player numbers, like even in like very specific sinu- situations, like not to go back to the Red Wings, but like nobody has ever worn number 16 since Vladimir Konstantinov. And there have been plenty of players who've been here, like Brett Hall came here, made a career off being number 16 and went to number 17. And then I think that there was another wings player who was 16 his entire career and and went to 61. So um, I I don't know. You don't have to like retire. I don't. What's the whole thing with retiring jerseys? Why do we do it? I think some people just want to see that set in stone. They don't like this. Like, I I think I think maybe it comes from the Yankees because the Yankees are retired like a ton of numbers. Like, do do they even have any single digit numbers left? I don't think they do. After Derek Jeter, there might be like one or two single numbers left. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I, I, I get it because it's cool saying this is this number is sacrosanct. But again, I, I just I as I said, I think there's other ways around it. And there I think are other ways of doing it. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's other ways to treat these things. It's, it's kind of weird how we get sentimental about these things. But uh, that's sports for you. All right. One more topic I wanted to hit on because we did have some other news that came out in the NFL, uh, not Stafford related. But I do feel like we, we talked a lot about linebackers and defense uh, going into the draft. But I did want to bring this up because J.J. Watt was uh, asked to be released. He asked the Texans for his release. And um, I'm like squelching inside a little bit. But you know where I'm going to go with this question. Um, should the Lions maybe pursue J.J. Watt? Yes, they should pursue him. And J.J. Watt will say, no, thank you. And then that'll be that. OK, good talk. <laughs> I mean, what, what do the Lions have to offer J.J. freaking Watt? He can be a mentor for the next generation. Does he Money. want that? 
Doesn't that dude wants a ring? Come on, that dude either wants a ring or wants to play with his brothers in Pittsburgh. To say he, wants a ring, he calls him a glory hog, Jeremy, and he will not stand for that. <laughs> the Lions don't have the money. They don't have the prestige. They don't have either the home cooking that that the Packers have or the relations that the Pittsburgh has. Like I, when you see a big name on the market like that, you absolutely do your due diligence and make a call. But I'm sorry. Like the, the lines are no position to be hauling in major free agents right now. They they just aren't, we're not. And when free agency comes, like I don't expect any marquee signings. I just don't like you. You can say like, Oh, Dan Campbell's going to tell him to eat a kneecap. And suddenly they're all getting like, no, no, that's not, no. No, that's not how it's going to work. I know I know he did a great job with the coaching staff, and I, I want to commend him on that, but free agency is a different bag. These guys are looking for money. These guys are looking for rings, and I don't think the Lions can offer much of either. Do you worry he's going to end up? You mentioned the Packers. You Because I know also one of the leaders probably is the Bears because they could probably use him for their defense. Are you worried he's going to come to the NFC North? Yeah, 100%. Very, very worried. I, I would hate him in a Packers uniform, but it makes sense. He's from Wisconsin. He played football at Wisconsin. I, I don't I don't know about the Bears too much because they're they're in worse salary cap situation than I think the Lions are. But yeah, they um, are. it's I mean, it's possible even even I mean, I, it would make me sick to have Mike Zimmer have that guy on his team. So if it, I don't I don't think the Vikings either have the money either. But any any team on the NFC North would make me sick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. The other the the positive to it, though, is I think if you put J.J. Watt on like a Packers defense, like, holy smokes, that's two losses you can almost count on for the Lions this season. Or, you know, if he ends up going to the Vikings, like, oh, the Vikings are going to be a really tough game this season again. Like J.J. Watt's that tier of player, like seeing his stats, like he's the only person you could make an argument for being the most. Like just game changing defensive player outside of Aaron Donald. Like it's funny. It, it is funny though, because like I heard again, I, I, I this is where Chris says he works in sports talk radio, but I heard people talking this, this week saying like, well, you know, he was banged up and he's been gone through several injuries and he wasn't productive last year. So he wasn't worth what like the Texans were right to cut him. Well, a, it wasn't their choice uh, to begin with. So, he asked to be cut, um, but just in general, just saying like he's not the player he used to be. And I just I disagree with that. Like he, he played a full season this year, but the Texans were awful. And man, some of those numbers show he's, he can still be productive, although it would be a silver lining if he did come to the NFC North, did hand us a few more losses and just improved our draft stock. He just kicks our butt for a couple of years, and that's yeah. a good thing. Thank yeah. you, sir. May I have another? Yes. But the the NFC North just always <laughs> does that stuff. And I guess even back when it was like the NFC Central, but it's like the Packers get Reggie White and he terrorizes the division. The Bears get Julius Peppers and he terrorizes the division. You know, Jared the, Allen. Viking, the Vikings get Jared Allen and he terrorizes the division. Like it happens for everybody except for the Lions. I can't wait for the Lions to eventually be a destination for players to go. Isn't that going to be fun and exciting? Like that might actually make Jeremy a little, a little bit less Scrooge about the off season. If the <laughs> Lions become a destination place. Hey, Trey flowers. He, we signed him to a monster deal. He's terrorizing oh. the NFC North. <laughs> Adrian Peterson. Legend. Trey, Fla- Trey flowers is terrorizing the Detroit lions salary cap. Oh, come on. Reggie Bush. I like Trey Flowers. That was mean of me to say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we're going to wrap it here. Uh, We have to address. We're going to play our after party with Twitch chat a little bit. And as always, hey, if you want to join us live for the podcast live when we record the podcast, join us on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit or check on YouTube for pride of Detroit. And you can inquire around on Twitch about our discord. We have a discord where Lions fans and NFL fans can hang out, talk all kinds of junk, long off season, plenty of sports chat, plenty of video games chat, and of course, a lot of Lions chat. But we're wrapping up the POD cast right now, the recorded side of it. And we tell you, as always, we will see you star side because next time we have a lot more planned for the off season, man. It's going to be juicy. We're going to have a lot of fun 
And we hope you are along for the ride. Keep leaving those reviews. I'll pick, I'll try to pick out one each, each week that I find funny. And uh, yeah, keep riding this train pride of Detroit onward to dominion. Once more, we'll see you star side. Thank <laughs> you.